Hello and welcome to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast presented to you by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. I'm Chamber CEO Rick Rangaitis. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our guest today, Shaheen Sadegi, founder of Lab Holdings. Shaheen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rick, for having me. So we talk about on this podcast so much about the growth that San Marcos is, is having right now. And we've, we've talked about some of the things in North City. And, uh, but what we're here to talk about today is Shaheen is bringing a, for lack of a better term, a really cool project to San Marcos. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, I think right now the working name is the Marcos. Okay, why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what that project is right here in San Marcos. Oh, terrific. Okay, well, we're going to dive right into it. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> well, obviously, we're very excited about San Marcos for, for, at many levels and for many reasons. Yeah, we think it's a young city, and it's uh, we really like demographics, and I like the topography, and um, there is a lot here to, to like. Um, I also really like the leadership, could be honest with you, because the kind of projects we do are not necessarily a homogenized, you know, out-of-a-box uh, situation. And um, what's really brought us down here is the city leadership and the planning department and the city manager and um, city council has been supportive because we're, we the types of projects we do really has to be a, in, in, in many ways a partnership with the city. So and they've been fantastic to work with. So I can see why there's all these wonderful things happening here. Well, and I think as you say that it's this uh, city council and mayor uh, have been are very pro-business. They've been, especially through this pandemic, they've done a fabulous job. They came right out of the gate with the business sustainability program for the for the small businesses, the $3 million in loans, what ended up turning into all grants. So uh, again, just shows what, what kind of what, what you're saying is it's, um, it is a really, uh, uh, a really good group of council members and staff members that, that are here. Yes. And I, and uh, honestly, we don't take that for granted. You know, California's got to be the toughest place to do business, <laughs> particularly in the line of work that I'm in. You know, what used to take a few years to entitle, it seems like it's taking five. And I'm very sensitive in terms of timing because you know, I'm 67 this year. So <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be like George Burns when these projects get done. <laughs> you know, so, um, with that said, our company is 30 years uh, young now and uh, it's a private company. Uh, we've had the fortune of doing uh, 49 projects thus far. Our specialty is retail, and I know that that's sort of an interesting word these days with uh, the cultural shifts that we've had in retail. But we're actually excited about a category that we believe in, and we've sort of, uh, through our archaeology, <laughs> we have learned it to be the sort of the next wave of retail here in America, actually. And uh, we felt that San Marcos is a place to um, implement the project, and uh, without getting too wordy, to believe in this next generation of retail to be what we call micro manufacturing. These are in America, we're back and making things again, we're knitting again, and we're building things again. And this next generation of makers, uh, whether it's craft coffee or craft beer, or they're making leather bags, or it's a luthier that's making guitars or furniture, there is a full array of this next generation of makers. And because of the internet and the shift that has happened in terms of brick and mortar and online business, uh, a lot of these folks are sort of leaving the traditional channel channels of distribution and going directly to the consumer. So in, in short form, 
uh, their craft is an art and it's entertainment. So, for example, you watch a, uh, a talented glass blower, you know, make a beautiful vase. Um, obviously, purchasing that vase from the artist has tremendous intrinsic value as opposed to buying it at a store and a product that's made in China or something, you know. And you're meeting the artist and talking to the artist and kind of getting the, all the backstories and things like that, right? And absolutely right, yeah. Rick. And, and so it's uh, we think retail needs to really have greater social um, aspect to it. And, you know, exactly what you said, It's that's very important. So we have to set up this atmosphere. It's kind of like my best example is the brewery when I grew up. I grew up in Michigan, and we would walk into a grocery store and buy a 12-pack of Coors. <laughs> and, and today, it's really, that's not the way we consume. Today, you know, you want to have a conversation with a brewmaster. You want to talk about the philosophy of beer and what what his reason was for brewing a certain um, a type of beer for that season. So the conversation, I think, has a lot to do with just uh, with the purchase. Um, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying reminds me, what, what I'm getting in my um, brain is uh, the chamber hosts a farmer's market every every Tuesday uh, here in North City. And a few episodes ago, we had uh, Adriana, who's a chef, and she comes to the farmer's market. She's uh, it's Adriana Foods, and, and what she does, she's come up with this, she calls it mojos, and it's like flavor bombs and uh, olive oil and all this homemade stuff. But what's so cool about it is not that only does it taste good, but you get to meet Adriana and she talks about it and she gives you recipes and she tells you how to use her product and stuff. So it's what you're telling me sounds a little bit like that. You're right on, Rick. That's exactly you know what we feel and what we even honestly again, it's a cultural shift in America. You know, it's taken us about three hundred years to get here. We are in the business of creating platforms and places that people can bump into each other and have a bonfire and have a conversation. And through that commerce will happen as opposed to straight up consumption, which, you know, many of us, particularly my generation, grew up with. So the Marcos Project is really the platform in the village that uh, we look to bring all of the artisans together where manufacturing meets retail. Uh, and uh, obviously we, th- we think we, we bring enough synergy of like-minded creative people together, it would create uh, not only entertainment, but it would also be a great place for families. We'll add restaurants and food and, of course, coffee and breweries and so forth um, so that it's just not a pure consumption or retail experience. Well, that would be exciting if it was anywhere in North County, but the fact that it's in San Marcos is over the top. So, And it's it's located, uh, it's Grand Avenue and Linda Vista, you know, right off of the Right off of the 78. So uh, for the listeners, if you're familiar with that area and you're driving by Grand, uh, you'll see that open space there. That's that's where it's going to go. How, how large is that space that you're going to be? Well, we're about, uh, I'm just going to round it up as about 10 acres, you know, a little less, a little more. Uh, the project itself, the original layout was uh, just about over 100,000 square foot retail. Uh, since COVID and uh, some of the shift in the marketplace, we're now looking to add residential which I'm actually very excited about because I think it would be great to have folks that live there to come across and actually use these facilities and the services so we would have bodies on the ground as well. Unfortunate part is that we have to go through some entitlement issues in order to add residential also to, to the mix, which will push our schedule out in some ways. So what is the, and I know it's, it's, it's so challenging and, uh, timeline i mean what's the what are you looking at right now well um we're 
a good 12 months of work that needs to be done in, in terms of entitlement. Um, we're uh, halfway, maybe 60% done through design. Um, where our landscape work is pretty much done. Um, so I'm, I'm going to use a 12 month number. Not everybody might agree with me on that, but that's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always, that's I mean, there's, there's, there's always challenges. And even like you said, having a, you know, you know, all the, all the plus side of the working with the city and things, it's still, it's just always challenging with, um, what you have to work with, uh, but at least at least out here, um, the weather is usually not a challenge. So us uh, Midwesterners, we, we know how challenging that could be. Exactly. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got involved in in what you do, and it's really interesting. It's just it's it's fun as we sit here and talk. Um, the creativity that I know that you that you possess, and um, it it sounds like you're doing you're following your passion and something that that you've really enjoyed doing. Uh, and it's interesting as we, as I have guests on this podcast, it, it kind of always goes back to that, that, um, and I always tell my, my son, follow your passion, something that you really enjoy. So was that something for you? Was it at, at a certain age that you were like, this is something that I really enjoy and having almost that blank canvas to be able to create something for the community? That's an interesting question. Um, I also have three boys and they're all sort of college graduates and they're all in finance and, I always tell them what you study doesn't necessarily mean what you'll end up doing. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, I'd say the same thing because it's true for me. I grew up in Michigan. I, my passion was music. I played music growing up. And uh, at some point I realized that it would be a tough uh, industry to make uh, a living. And uh, so I picked another tough industry. <laughs> I decided <laughs> to go into design. I um, was lucky enough to get uh, accepted at Pratt Institute, which was probably the top school in the country back in the 70s for design. It was in Brooklyn. That's when Brooklyn wasn't so hip. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I studied design, and it incorporated you know, fashion, architecture, and uh, industrial design. I worked in Manhattan. I honestly was trained to design $20,000 couture dresses. So I worked with some of the top couturiers in the country, such as Charles James. I was an apprentice of him for many years out of the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, that hotel itself had a lot of history, you know. So at some point, I my interest really fell into action sports, and we didn't call it that back then. I think it was more like sports apparel. So I uh, moved out to the West Coast and uh, worked for a company called Jansen Sports, where it was a VF corporation. And they were really a class act company. We were number one in golf, tennis, Swim. We had a small surf brand called Zuma. Uh, the racquetball was big back then. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, and then I think through that, I ended up sort of pioneering um, manufacturing and growing the business through Asia. And uh, so I had an office in Hong Kong for about 10 years. And I went back and forth. This is pre-internet. And then we expanded our brand into Europe, of course. So I, uh, in my 20s, I had really fortunate enough to get international experience. And at some point, I moved to Orange County to Laguna Beach and joined Gotcha Sportswear, which was a great brand at the time. And we grew that substantially very quickly. And then I became president of Quicksilver Surfing Company um, on a global basis. And, uh, and I think it was through my experience that Quicksilver was running a public company. We're looking for that quarter to quarter growth. So I've it's probably one of the tasks I've ever had in terms of 
keeping the brand cool and growing at the same time. So we used to say, you know, size is the enemy of cool, you know. So uh, I think through that process, I did learn that, you know, where I had the most fun was when these companies were small, they were local, cool surf brands. And then, um, you know, the bigger they got, you know, the, the less cool in some ways they did become. But um, we were doing business Cross globally, obviously, I opened an office in Biarritz, France, and that did really well. But our American business was suffering because you know our, most of the department stores we were doing business with were were going under. And uh, this is back in the nineties. We did business with Broadway, and they went under. Buffins went under. Bullocks went uh, went under, and Robinsons got bought out by the May Company, and that's just in California. Even Macy's, most people don't remember. Oh, it chap- filed Chapter Eleven on the West Coast. And so I recognized there was a lot of good, great local product that was coming up, but these people, there was a dichotomy in terms of where they sell their products and this, the mall. And where I grew up in Michigan, as you know, being a Midwestern, you know, people, we shopped in the malls because it was air conditioned in the summertime, which is very humid out. And it was heated in the wintertime, so the malls replaced the downtowns for most, uh, most of the country back in the 60s and 70s. And, but I think this... Next generation coming up, you know, I really felt that they just weren't mall people. You know, as a matter of fact, I read an article uh, uh, many years ago in the Wall Street Journal that the Mall of America was yanking the benches out because they didn't want cotton candy eating, bubblegum chewing, <laughs> teeny bobs hanging out the mall. Right. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, this to me, it was a dynamic generation. They were into politics, they were clean, the clean ocean, they were into technology. I mean, this generation was a lot smarter than my generation. And they just weren't mall people. So we came up with the idea of the anti-mall, which was my first project 30 years ago in Costa Mesa, California. And the idea was, let's build a village and bring all the small operators that don't want to be in a mall together. And that's, in short form, where the concept started. So my belief from day one has been, you know, America uh, is built on small businesses. And we named the company The Lab, stands for Little American Businesses. So my interest was creating a platform for small businesses to come together as opposed to inside of a mall. You know, it's interesting. As, as you were talking about that, I was just envisioning a timeline because, you know, in any industry, I always say you have to, you either adapt or you die. And it's like, I'm, I'm when, when you were talking about in the beginning and I've got this picture of Marshall Fields in Chicago and, and that was, or, and even going back further Sears and how they did all the, the catalog and just, yeah. it was like, you go to Marshall Fields in Chicago, that was oh, like yeah. a really big deal. And then, you know, and, and again, my Chicago roots, but, you know, going back then, the shopping center like Oakbrook was such a such a big deal, like an outdoor outdoor shopping center. And then I know as my age, that's where everybody hung out was at the malls. And um, and now it's 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 evolving again. And I just I, I love the vision that you have and, um, and 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 the creativity to to put these projects together. Is each one unique or are there some is there? Is there maybe a, a project that you've developed that's going to be uh, similar to the Marcos that, that people could check out? We have the tendency not to repeat. You know, I, I think each time we do a project, it takes us some time. And by the time we do a new project, we feel that there is new opportunities and things have evolved. doesn't necessarily make the old projects obsolete, but I think we're excited about, you know, it's if you're you get in a musician's term, you know, why make the same album if you can come up with some new music, you know? So I think 
every project we do really is a reflection of what we feel is what the near future looks like. So um, about 10 years ago, we were, we were perhaps the first in the state to create a food hall with Anaheim Packing House. You know, we really believe in the culinary explosion that happened here about 10 years ago. And we felt that we needed a platform for all the great people that were doing great products and, and food trucks. And again, they didn't want to go in a traditional shopping center or in a strip center, nor did they want to go and, you know, do a solo freestanding space and sign a 20-year lease. And, you know, they just didn't have the means or the infrastructure. So we built the packing house. There's 32 mom-and-pop vendors in there with fantastic food. The project really became a tremendous success for us. And it has layers of history. Not only had we put a lot of people in business, uh, also the fact that this is a historic building. It's a 1919 building that's set there. It's an old sunkist packing house for 30 years. It's set empty. And we were able to completely restore it and put it on the national register. I think part of our opportunities are if you know if we have the opportunity to restore some of our history i always say um you know we have this horrible habit here in america where we wipe down our history and i think if we can preserve any of these buildings particularly where i live in orange county there's not a whole lot of depth in terms of history but what's there i think it needs to be preserved so um it's it's been a great project for us so uh today again i think i still believe in the culinary and you know we'll most likely do another food hall, but it's not going to look the same. It'll be a different version of it. And Marcos, again, I think, you know, I really see a, feel strongly about micromanufacturing in America being the next business model. And so trying to create a platform for the micromanufacturers to, uh, to all come together. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, I'm sure, yeah, every market's unique. And so it's, uh, you know, San Mar. Even as we see the uh, communities along the seventy eight corridor, it's um, you know San Marcos is. We refer to ourselves as the education hub of, of North County, with Cal State San Marcos right here, and Palomar College, and uh, University of St Augustine, and on and on and on, and 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 San Marcos Unified School District. How strong that uh, school district is as well. So um, yeah, it's uh, it is exciting to hear about such a. Um, Geez, not to show my age, but such a hip project. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word or not, sure. but just uh, and and from a chamber perspective too. I mean, we're we're all about helping out small businesses. Uh, that's what we do, and um, you know a lot of similarities for for what we both do because you know you know what you're doing is providing a, an outlet, an opportunity for um, for these micro. Mike, what you call it? Micro micro manufacturers. Micro manufacturers to it's really to have a place creative, to. It's the it's the creative culture. Yeah, and it's just it's really it's really interesting because I've heard about this project for for a while now, and I, I could never I could never really do a good job of explaining it. <laughs> I feel like I'm equipped to do that much better after talking to you today. But you. I still keep thinking about you know some of the similarities to like our farmers market or artisan markets that we have. we have like a quarterly uh, artisan market that we do here as well with like a hundred vendors. So uh, giving giving those type of businesses a uh, a, a brick and mortar, so to speak, where they can, um, where they can work. And, and the thing I love about it is just what you were saying earlier, just about this, um, being able to, to talk to the artist, uh, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, uh, talk to the, the person that made the surfboard with their hands. And, um, I think we've seen during this pandemic, how painful it's been for us, uh, to be stuck on a, 
a laptop and a Zoom and not have the interaction. So, um, I, you know, I, I wish you the best of luck on your project. And I think once it's up, I think people, I, I, we see it here. People are craving for social interaction and, and, and certainly being able to uh, have, um, have a um, project like yours will certainly provide that. Well, thank you, Rick. I really appreciate that, and I appreciate the support, and I know you folks have done a great job with your chamber. You're right. We're in the same category. I think we're creating, the, creating an atmosphere for small businesses, which we, I always, as I mentioned, believe that it's the backbone of America. Uh, and, you know, we're very excited about this generation and this level of product. I wanted to just add the fact that, you know, one of the things that also we're experiencing is, you know, I believe, and I share this with my team, that everybody is cool these days. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't really matter where you live. Uh, the old days, it was, you know, you lived in New York, you were cool, and you live in California or L.A., you were cool, and everything else was a flyby. And, you know, as I uh, go around this beautiful country, I'm so excited. Look what's happening in Austin, Texas. You know, you look at Portland, Oregon, Washington, D.C., Washington State, Chicago, in Arbor, Michigan, I mean, uh, Maine, it's just, there's so much cool happening. And so this cultural shift, honestly, is just happening all over the country. I think your farmer's market is a perfect example. I think, would you, you know, I always say, would you rather buy your tomatoes from um, a classic grocery store that's, you know, genetically modified and is wrapped in some toxic material they look beautiful, but they're tasteless. Or would you rather buy it from your local farmer's market where the guy hands you the tomato and he's got dirt under his fingernails and he talks to you about the growing season? And, you know, there's an emotional aspect to that. And it doesn't matter. Does it really matter if it costs 25 cents more? I don't even look at the price, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then you have the conversation. So I think... You know, this isn't new. You know, Europeans have been doing this for many years, and somewhere along the line, um, I believe it was after World War II that we became such a consuming and producing country. Everything that we did became homogenized and very mechanical, and we're back. We're back into farming, and we're back in sort of you know touching the soil, and that's a very exciting opportunity. I see. Yeah, I, I do too. And it's it's funny. I'm laughing because you were talking about like the dirt on the tomato or whatever. And I got home last night and um, I I bought some uh, bell peppers at the uh, at the farmer's market. And I, I pulled one out and it had dirt all over. And I told my wife, I go, this is the real deal. <laughs> so actually, you know, it's real That's when you got to take care. Hopefully, hopefully you washed it. I washed it thoroughly. Okay, I washed it thoroughly and it was, it was delicious. Right. So. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Shaheen, thanks so much for, for joining us today. We've been talking to Shaheen Sadegi, uh, the founder of Lab Holdings, who's bringing uh, the Marcos. Is it the Marcos or Marcos? Marcos. Marcos. He's bringing a, a new project to San Marcos that we talked about today called Marcos. Um, it's going to be at Grand Avenue and Linda Vista in that area, that that uh, open area right there. Um, we've talked about also a lot of uh, a lot of other projects that you've done. We'll have make sure you check out uh, our episode notes uh, if you're listening today because we'll put links to. I know we talked about Anaheim packing. We talked about the lab anti mall, and so it's. I, I know I did it. I, I did a little background uh, research the other day, and it was it was really uh, helpful to see some of these other projects. It really does help kind of get the conceptual uh, ideas of, of what you uh, of what you, you and your company do. Thank you, sir. 
So thanks again, Shaheen, for joining us. Uh, we're excited. I'm sure we'll have you back on a future podcast when we have an update of, of what's happening uh, at Marcos and uh, look forward to spending some more time with you then. I would be delighted to do that. Thank you. And thanks again for listening uh, to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast brought to you by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. Everybody have a great day.